Well, empty means all those things except when it doesn't. And we're going to talk more about that next week. Um, empty also means uh, some kind of bad news for the kids this morning. Um, with the weather, we were trying to hold out, you know, to the last minute on our Easter egg hunt after church, uh, hoping that this thing would uh, pass. But as I was sitting in my office just a little while ago, I looked out the window, and when I saw most of the Easter eggs that we had hidden kind of flowing to the lowest end of the property in this little bitty river over here, um, that was it. That was the Lord's kind of sign, you know. Uh, we're having to postpone the Easter egg hunt, guys, so I'm sorry uh, for the kids' uh, disappointment. But we are going to have it on Saturday, the Saturday before Easter, right here at 1030 a.m. So make sure uh, you get your kids out here for that and see if you can uh, bring some friends with them. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but as Gary said, on this Palm Sunday, uh, we're going to step into the most holy of weeks. And today I want to talk about the emptiness that Jesus came to fill. The hole that's inherent in every human heart. Uh, a familiar quote that uh, you've probably heard before, uh, French philosopher Blaise Pascal put it this way. He said, there is a God-shaped void in the heart of every human which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. Many of you have probably heard that quote before, and, and I've seen that um, quoted for years, but I did a little bit of digging into uh, the actual work that Pascal had written that that's founded in, and I found this quote just prior to that. Pascal said this, and it just struck me. He said, there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. In other words, as the Apostle Paul said, now we see through a glass stained darkly. Then we shall know and we shall see face to face. In other words, there is an emptiness in each of us that contains the faint echo of perfection. The scripture says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. God has placed heaven in our hearts, in a longing for the perfection of heaven. There is a whisper from the garden within us that draws us to the only one who can satisfy our souls. Yet in an attempt to fill that emptiness on our own, <laughs> we most often reach for lesser things. Thursday afternoon, I had just sat down to do some more work on this message, um, ironically, uh, when my son Caleb uh, called me, and he had just finished changing a flat tire on his fiance's uh, car, and uh, he was heading to the tire shop to get that 
tire fixed and plugged and remounted. And so we're just talking. He was just calling to check in, let me know how his day was going. And so we're just talking as he's driving. I think he was on 285. And then he just all of a sudden in the middle of our casual conversation just says, Oh, no. And I thought, you know, and then there was just silence. And I, I, I sat there for a minute. I thought, oh, my gosh, what's happened? And I said, son, is everything all right? And he said, man, I just noticed Sabrina's gas gauge. He said, it's pegged beyond empty. It's way off the red. I am just riding on fumes right now, and I have no idea where a gas station is. Anybody kind of bump into that in your family ever? Any spouses, any children like to kind of run on E? Katie, I see that Mark's got the little finger over your head back there. Um, he said, man, I'm not sure I'm going to make it to a pump, Dad. Would you stay on the phone with me? I said, well, sure. And so I was getting ready to, you know, get up from my desk and head somewhere off of 285 West with a gas can. And uh, finally, he coasts into a service station and was able to, to fill his, his tank up and, uh, and was able to get to where he was going. Um, man, my dad was a stickler about that thing. Did anything, can anybody hear your dad's voice kind of echoing uh, in the back? You know, my, he was a stickler about not letting your car run down to completely be on empty. Um, he says, so one of the worst things that you can do, Phil, for your engine, I can hear him right now. Um, he says, because when you do that, and it made sense. You know, I don't know if it's true, but it makes sense. Um, he said, because when you do that, you start pulling all the junk and all the debris that has settled at the bottom of your gas tank into the engine, and that can cause big problems. So if you want your car to run clean and you want it to run smooth and you want it to run well for a long time, he said, don't let it run on empty. That stuck with me. But you know, over the years, I figured out that uh, maybe that was a metaphor my dad was conveying to me that was bigger than just uh, my little 73 Super Beetle bug that I started out with. It was killer. It was orange. I put those big tires on it, you know, dual chrome header exhaust. I'm sorry. <sighs> Taking me back. But I think it's a metaphor for life, not just for our cars, man. When we let our tank get too low, when we start running on empty, we have a tendency to start pulling junk into our own lives that keeps us from running smoothly in our marriages in our relationships, on the job. When we're running on fumes, we pay the price. A lot of folks have been stressed and running on empty uh, this last year, and, and for good reason. I heard on the news just this week, it was on the local news, so I guess this would have been Metro Atlanta, but I'm not really sure. Uh, but they had a story uh, in, in the liquor industry, uh, the liquor store business, you know, uh, that industry in, in this particular area, I believe it was, uh, reported that their sales went up 55% in 2020 over the prior year. Can you believe that? Some of you are like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of booze. 
and a lot of pouring the wrong thing into the empty tank. Man, in an, an attempt to fill the void that only God can fill, we often reach for lesser things. Let me ask you something on this Palm Sunday. What are you reaching for? What are you reaching for? To fill that echo, that emptiness in your heart this morning. Spiritual emptiness is a universal disease. And to varying degrees, we all reach for lesser things. The real question is, and the question I want to talk about this morning is this, are you aware of it? Are you aware of the disease that you have? And do you understand the depth of it? Those who line the streets of Jerusalem, Gary just read this passage. They were there to welcome Jesus that first Palm Sunday. And they were drawn to Him. Essentially, as I reflected on this, they were drawn to Him because of their own emptiness. And the depth of their own need. They had seen Him make the lame walk. They had seen Him make the blind see, the deaf hear. They had heard Him speak with authority. They had heard that He raised His friend Lazarus from the dead. And like a moth to the flame, they were drawn to His light. And they were pulled to His power. And so when He entered the city when he entered Jerusalem on the back of that donkey, just as prophecy prescribed, they greeted him in the same way victorious kings were greeted in their day when they came back in from battle. They took palm branches, the scripture tells us, and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. They were desperate for hope, as we all are, if we're honest. Hosanna literally means what? Does anybody know what Hosanna means? Save now. So they're waving these palm branches, and it's just a celebration in the city. And yet what they're saying as Jesus comes in on this donkey is they're looking at Him and they're saying, Save us now. Desperate. But their understanding of who Jesus was and what He came to save them from was flawed, as is ours oftentimes. They were looking for a governing king. Listen to this. They were looking for a governing king to reshape their world and make it right again. A military and political figure to overthrow Roman rule and reinstate their nation to its former glory. They were looking to fill their emptiness with an earthly king. And after the year that we've been through, does any of that ring a bell? Think about it. They were looking for someone to turn the tide of their oppression right here and right now. Yet their emptiness went so much deeper than the surface of their lives. So much deeper 
than their bank accounts or their cupboards, as does ours. As Pascal said, it is a God-shaped void that cannot be satisfied by any created thing. And look at our culture today and the palm branches that are being waved. The desperate cries of Hosanna. Save us now. Save us now from this, from that, or from the other thing. Most are good and worthy causes. But shallow cries from the surface of our emptiness. Jesus came to fill a much deeper void, the universal void of every human being, regardless of race, ethnicity, religious affiliation, or political persuasion. Jesus is not on one side or the other. Jesus, as we just got finished talking about the last six weeks, is above all things. Galatians 3 says there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I say all that to ask you this. What palm branch are you waving this morning? Save us now from this, that, or the other thing. When the true need resides much deeper in your own heart and in my heart. Mother Teresa put it this way. She said, it is only when you realize your emptiness, your own emptiness, that God can fill you with himself. Those crowds were passionate. <laughs> and they were all in for Jesus until they weren't. Those cries of Hosanna would soon turn to cries of crucify, crucify. When they didn't, when Jesus did not meet their expectations. They loved him until their perception of what he could do for them changed. They loved him until he was arrested, beaten, humiliated, stripped, and hung on a cross. They adored him for his strength, but abandoned him in his what? Weakness. They loved him on the surface of their lives, but left him before he could meet the depth of their need. And maybe that's you this morning. The void Jesus came to fill goes far beyond the surface of our lives. It's found in the depth of our souls where the empty print and trace of true happiness <laughs> longs to rise again. Not one of his disciples got rich. Not one of his disciples grew to great stature in the world's eyes. Not one of his disciples escaped martyrdom or exile for their faith. To a man, having been filled, they emptied themselves for the sake of others, for the sake of you and I. Thus the Apostle Paul's words to the Philippians, 
Paul said, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This is my favorite passage in the entire Bible. It has been, I think, since the first year I was a believer. Just the beauty and the depth of these words. It's known as the kenosis passage. Kenosis in Greek means to empty. So Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but He emptied Himself. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus poured himself out, set his rights aside, parked his power, and left his heaven behind for you and for me. That's the depth of his love for us. He emptied himself of his deity that you might be filled that you might find purpose and meaning in the midst of this mess, even when your earthly expectations dissolve. Anybody there this morning? Your hopes and dreams appear to be fading away. Jesus emptied himself that we might find purpose and meaning in the midst of that. When your marriage is not what you hoped it would be. When your kids don't follow the script that you wrote for them. When your dream job turns into a nightmare. When sickness and death appear to have the final say. Jesus made himself nothing so that you could step into God's everything. Colossians 2, verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then Paul tells us that you and I, we have been given the fullness of Christ to fill the emptiness of our lives. Kim and Rachel, my daughter, uh, like to work jigsaw puzzles. Anybody like to work jigsaw puzzles in here? You know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 pieces, this kind of thing. I'm like a six-piece guy. A piece about that big, you know. And then I'm scratching my head, you know, about 30 minutes later. But they love to work these puzzles. And so over the holidays or anytime there's a break over the years, you know, they'll set up a jigsaw puzzle on the dining room table and, and just put it together as they have an opportunity. I remember a few years back, uh, they finished one up on the dining room table, all but one piece, okay? Our cat. Um, had evidently, you know how the cat would get up on the chair and then do it on the table? You know, the cat had, some had gotten up there evidently and knocked that piece off at some point along the way. And later we figured out she had batted it under the china cabinet in the dining room. But that puzzle just sat there on the dining room table with this hole right in the middle of it for like 10 days. And every time I walked by that thing, it'd just drive me crazy. That kind of thing drives me crazy. 
Don't laugh, Gary. And then we finally found the peace we've been searching for. Put it in place. I think I did that, and I don't know that they've ever been more angry with me. You know, they spent like a week putting that thing together. Did I find that peace? And I'm like, oh, here it is. So I got all the satisfaction of feeling that final little spot. Man, I can't tell you, though, for me, how satisfying that was. I'm kind of wired like that. Finally finished. Finally complete. And those were Jesus' last words as a man here on this earth. His last words from the cross as he emptied himself entirely. Giving up his spirit, Jesus said what? It is finished. It's done. And Jesus is the only thing you can put in that hole that will satisfy your soul. Nothing else. The only peace that can fill the God-shaped void in your life. He humbled himself and he became obedient to death. Even death on that cross, he made himself nothing so that we could step into God's everything. He who had no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He lived a perfect life so that He could be the perfect sacrifice for our sin. That's what the cross is all about. He bridged the gap between us and God. The chasm that we could not cross, Jesus filled and by faith, we step into that fullness. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you acknowledged your sin and invited Him in? Invited Him in to fill that void, not just on the surface of your life, not just going through some religious motions, but in the depth of your soul where that aching need that you know you have, that echo that you hear, resides. And you can do that today. And you can put that one piece <laughs> that you've been searching for in place for good, for all eternity. Empty means disappointment, misery, and heartache, except when it doesn't. And that's what we're going to talk about as we gather here next Easter Sunday to celebrate Jesus coming off of that cross and out of that tomb. Join us. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for just that faint echo from the garden, from perfection, Lord, that resides in our hearts, that, that echo that draws us to the reality of your voice. 
Father, we acknowledge before you our disobedience and our turning away, Lord, that has moved us from that perfection of the garden and, Lord, into uh, a new place that's separated from you. Lord, in our emptiness this morning, we lay our hearts before you. And for those who might be here or might be within the sound of my voice, Lord, who know that emptiness, who, who recognize it and the depth of it, Lord, who've never uh, acknowledged Jesus as Lord, I pray that today would be the day that you would invite him in, that you would allow him to forgive your sin, and that you would step into the everything of God and an eternity that he's promised for you. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being your children. Thank you for the fullness of Christ. Lord, that we don't experience completely this side of heaven, but Lord, one day when we're face to face, we will. And you promise that. Thank you for giving us, Lord, absolutely everything that we need. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.